rifling through those long boxes. It's gotta be here, it's gotta be here, it's gotta be here. Aha! Here it is! And bagging those books. I'm out of bags and boards again. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. The Cosmic Force Podcast. A Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Parker Kirk, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Boach. Welcome everyone to the Cosmic Force, your bi-weekly Star Wars comics podcast. We are audio only, again, just a reminder, released every other Wednesday on your favorite podcasting platforms, unless you're like me, listen to Google Podcasts, which is going to wait April 1st. I'm still not over it. Anyways, thanks everyone for tuning in for this episode. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash utini for as little as $5 a month. You can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini podcast networks of the show. And with that out of the way, let's jump into our conversation of the final issue of Star Wars Bounty Hunters 2020 to 2024, Bounty Hunters 42. Caleb, how are you doing? Uh, great. Um, if we were, if you, if we were still on video podcasting, you see that back, my background is like almost completely empty now because eventually what my wife and I will be moving. So we're okay. like, our entire house is like packed up and you know, we're getting ready to start showing it off to, to people to buy it. So it's, it's not stressful at all. It's definitely the easiest process I've ever done in my life. Oh, I under, totally understand. And I, you know, it's really exciting. I'm sure the uh, possible buyers would have loved to see the giant Imperial and Bounty Hunter flags in the bedroom. I think that is very great decor. I don't know. I would have bought it. it. I agree. It, it, uh, it definitely it's great, but it definitely seems like, you know, I would some people walk in like, I don't know what political party they belong to, but I don't think I agree with that symbol symbology here. Well, there was I mean, one time you do live in Georgia. So there, there was one time we were at my, we were at the um, we were at the aquarium and some guy would came up to us like bus busking for like margaritaville or something and we were had our my wife and i had on matching like you know tatooine shirts you know okay. like it looked like a state park shirt but it was tatooine you know double the fun twice to double the sun's twice the fun he's like then he was making conversation as that he does and he was like oh well you know you tatooine is that is that a cool place to visit and like oh, it's pretty it's pretty hot it's pretty real warm it's like is it real far away it's past the outer rim man yeah it's pretty pretty far um so it was like you know like he didn't he hadn't seen star wars so he had no idea that this was like it's a fictional place man like i'm going i'm just leading you on for a little bit well you know <laughs> hey you know i again i would buy your house but i don't have the money for that so anyways mo <laughs> i'm still a student it's great uh moving <laughs> on we have a very th that does not sound like oz if you haven't noticed we have a very special guest with us today we have hayden the founder of hashtag balance nation uh, uh podcast host of kessel run relay uh and, and a good friend of mine hayden how are you doing I've been not too bad i've been better but i'm here on the cosmic force talking about bounty hunters and balance so like it's two thumbs up from me. <laughs> it's like been better. I don't know if it's gonna get better. Uh because but we are talking about balance. <laughs> yeah, we are talking about balance. We're at least gonna, you know, we're gonna make it through. Uh before we do get to our conversation about balance, we do have a bit of news. Um, another great friend of uh both Hayden and mine, friend of the pod, uh, is getting a special uh High Republic Adventures variant, the second High Republic Twitter user variant um I, I don't know how to pronounce her user is it i've i've only Isab? ever read it 
Bell. Is I don't know. Bell? I just go Esau Bell. I think I usually I think I usually do Esau Bell. I S O B underscore E L L on Twitter uh, has a wonderful variant to join the uh, Ella variant that's coming out in less Dude. than a month now. I think in like three weeks, which is crazy. Um, for High Republic Adventures number six. Uh, I was in class when it dropped. No, I was getting coffee before class when it dropped. Mm-hmm. My timeline just exploded. <laughs> and the variant is so cute. It's very cute. I called it the, what was it? The um the Morales Solo Picnic uh, episode. Mm. And they're basically, it's Buckets of Blood, who, by the way, is not dead. Is alive, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, It's Buckets of Blood, Court, uh, and Lula, and Zine. All sitting in a field, and they're it. I I call it a picnic episode because my brain automatically sees a field and goes picnic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's cute. I really love it, and I love Belle's art. Her style is just mwah. She also she also drew a little Valance with like holding up his hand for like a goodbye bounty hunters post, and oh, I, yes. I I have not stopped thinking about it since. Um, but yes, congratulations to her. Um, mm-hmm. both her and Vela are now. Vela, no. Ella <laughs> are both published Star Wars variant cover artists, and I am very, very lucky. I've been saying this so much, but I'm very lucky to have such like wonderful, wonderful and talented friends. Mm-hmm. And it's also really cool for Belle specifically coming from doing Morales Solo, Morales Solo fan art like two years ago of mm. the little with the little tendril and the hair, not yeah, all the way to um. Actual, making an like, official cover with them on it, damn. which is crazy. Um, so very excited for that. And then in other news, we have a new comic book mini series coming uh, off the tales of Vader, black, white, and red. We have Maul, black, white, and red, uh, which is another mini series. Assuming with all black, white, and red art, no other colors. Uh, issue four, or sorry, four issues long. Issue one drops in April twenty fifth. Written by Benjamin Percy with uh, art from Stefano Raphael. Uh, so this one, instead of Vader, which was each issue was three small stories, it seems like each issue is its own story. So that's kind of exciting. Uh, give them a little bit more length to work with for telling the stories. Yeah. But I don't know. That'll be interesting. I like Vader was fun. I uh, that was a nice, especially for Vader, is a nice way to mix up the stories we had been getting with that character. Um, and since you know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pulling this up, and Stefano has already worked on Black, White, and Red with the Vader issue. Okay, oh, I was nice. like, his name sounded familiar. Benjamin Percy, I don't rec- recognize, at least in the Star Wars context. Neither do um, I. But yeah, actually, I can pull up my Vader one. Yeah, he did the uh, diplomatic immunity. Was the one he did from issue uh, three? Was that the one with like the the officer that they take her to her homeworld? I and think that was the one. I I think it. I think that is the one that I'm thinking of. Um, one thing so, about the black, white, and red issues I really liked is you really got to see like a really diverse. I think you mentioned this before, but like a really diverse um, set of stories that yeah. was nice. They were really like self-contained. I mean, of course, they had to be because they were only like maybe three, four pages. pages long. Yeah, They're like eight to ten. Yeah. Um. So you got to see like a really a really big diversity of stories 
and they range from like the heart wrenching to like the weird and gory, like that mm-hmm. one um, alien one where she turned herself into an alien or something like that. That was that, yeah. That crazy. One, yeah, I think that one was one of my favorites. Um, For sure, just same. throughout the thing, and I'm interested to see what they do with Maul because I'm a really big fan of the miniseries from like 2015, 2016 when they uh, rebooted the all Athamir? the stories again. No, uh, that was the first one. This is like just, the Darth just Maul the Darth title. Maul one that yeah. had like Cad Bane yeah, in yeah, it yeah. with the yeah Cad Bane and um the the Twilight girl. I'm not remembering her name. Well, she but... died at the end of it, right? Yeah, she yeah, yeah. got H- killed by hunting... Maul. His his oh, yeah. uh hit, cutting his horns, as it were. Yeah, I'm still mad about that, but. I I'm I'm interested to see what stories they tell with this mm-hmm. character. I, and because like you mentioned before, it seems like they're going for like a contained story and issue, they can really like drag that out a little bit more. But yeah, I'm to be honest, I just kind of glanced at the announcement and I just knew they were doing it. I didn't know the specifics, but I'm I'm down for it. I think the br- black, white and red concept is really cool and I'm I'm just excited to see what they do with with Mr. Maul. Mhm. Exactly. Like, you know, I didn't think they would do any more of this, but Maul makes a perfect fit uh, fit for this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like I do like shorter stories, but I do want a whole like eps like issue length to one story that I feel like we can have mm-hmm. a little bit more breadth and, and interesting uh, stories there. So uh, April 25th cannot come sooner. Yep. And uh, uh, just to uh, confirm uh, the art that we thought it was, uh, that was that issue, Diplomatic Community, with the guy, or the woman who goes to, with Vader to her home planet. It's a pretty good one. Maybe not my favorite, but there's also so much insane art in this one mm-hmm. that... Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not mad. I'm not yeah. like, oh, why did they pull yeah. that good. one back? And again, there, this is, they did say it's a different creative team for each issue. Um, it would, if for you two, if you had any other character that is getting a black, white, and red treatment, who would you want it to be? Like it's hard to think of anyone else with a red lightsaber who did it, who like it was super interesting. I was thinking like maybe Boba, Kylo Fett. Ren, my guy, but Kylo Ooh. Ren. I, like, I, feel, I, I don't think he's my first pick, but I'm just saying there are other yeah. examples out like, there. Like Kylo Ren could do it, but I feel like they it'd be weird to see him do some like utterly enhanced like blood, black, white, and red level violence. That's true. Like he like Boba Fett maybe. Or like I was about to say, General Grievous like would make sense if they could get around his lightsabers being you could blue least, and green. Yeah, you could at least like use his eyes as a way to play with the red. I mean, it's I not like yeah. they're kind of orange, like, but you could get some fun stuff with Grievous there. Like you just mm-hmm. need you need someone who's like like a totally unhinged you know bastard essentially to really make these plan. Oh, uh, Darth Tyrannus, uh, Count Dooku, maybe. Yeah. Oh, a Dooku one would be really good. good. I'm gonna do a gluppy poll, and I'm gonna say Darth Crawl. Uh, who is the oh, he, was yeah, a, yeah. he was first mentioned in Duka Jedi Lost, but he is the Sith that Keeve sees in her vision in issue seven of the phase one I, run when yes. she's like interacting with the Dren gear. Uh, I don't know why he's my guy. He has been in two things, but I think he's very cool and I would like to see more of him. I... That is a glup poll. Thank you. I'm going to be so honest. I didn't even realize that they were only choosing characters with red lightsabers. I just thought it was like Sith affiliated characters. Um, but if I were to choose a character to get a black, white, and red story or like run, I guess, I'm going to go. Oh, I'm completely blanking on a name. I just had it in my head. Who's the guy? Malakos. Malakos from uh, Fallen from Order. Fallen Order. Oh, That's a good one. Yeah. Down, oh, on Dathomir too. Like during, like between him yeah. falling in Order sixty six mm-hmm. and when Cal meets, that would be so good. Yeah. I, that that's the pick. They won't do it, mm-hmm. but that's the pick. The <laughs> they, creme they will... de la creme. <laughs> let let 
uh oh gosh uh michael seglane please let someone cook with terra malicos thank you <laughs> let him cook <laughs> oh god it's, all right it's the picture of him of the guy holding up the the little like black series figure and mike going like that i love uh, that picture that's us with but with terra malicos <laughs> yes yes mike please uh, but with, I think, I think that's all the news we got. I'm sure something else will, will happen between now and us dropping this episode as is tradition. Um, I, oh, I skipped over what we're reading, uh, really quickly. I am, I finished a new Dawn recently and I have always heard mid thoughts about that. And it really surprised or and it surprised me because I really liked it. I don't know what people are talking about. I thought it was a very entertaining book. Um, it's cool to see Kanan and Hera meet each other for the first time, but it's not like a tropey, like they're strangers to like being in a relationship by the end of the book. I think it is a lot more respectful of their relationship and lets things kind of build slowly. And um, that was very good. Had a very interesting villain. I think John Jackson Miller is a very interesting writer and does weird things. Uh, and I like when he does weird things that like play with like sci-fi concepts in Star Wars, but also in a way that's like completely absurd like for instance in kotor when the kotor comics when he has people doing like futures like contracts and bidding on planets that they haven't haven't explored yet they're like oh yeah like i'm gonna like essentially uh do the stock market for but for undiscovered planets and mining contracts it's like crypto bros but it's very silly it's it's very silly (laughs) and played in an absurdist way but it like plays with like i think more so with some concepts that would like be more realistic in a Star Wars world, if that makes sense. So I like it. Yeah. I'm currently on to Black Spire. Uh, I'm only like a chapter in, so I I can't really say a whole lot about it yet. But I like Phasma, so I'm, I have hopes, high hopes for it. But we'll see. So, Caleb, what are you on to right now? Well, funny you should mention, uh, you know, uh, Taron Malikos, because I just finished the sequel Jedi Survivor. This first mm. time I played through it, uh, it was good. I feel like. I can. I don't want to get like too off on a tangent. I feel like the oh, please the do. story. I feel like the story <laughs> needed like a couple more passes because like this is going to be a kind of a, a spoiler warning here for people, so be careful. But uh, th- I feel like the ending of how like what they were trying to tie together didn't quite land character wise. Here it's like we had this guy do a big betrayal, but like it wasn't such a betrayal that a Jedi should not have been able to forgive him for it. And like, I feel like the point of this whole thing is like, hey, this whole planet that we're going to is a bad planet because it turned one Jedi evil and then another Jedi like, you know, fell evil because like the temptation of the planet is so strong. Like the idea that this planet, uh, map, not I'm blanking Tantalor. on the term now. Tantalor is so like, it's the perfect planet that me in the middle of my house hunt is like, you know, I'm it's like you know we're, we need to find the perfect I need to planet find my yeah we need to find the perfect planet but like that desire for perfection it turns jedi evil and we've seen it mm-hmm. with one character we see it with another character and i feel like in order to make sense we have to see cal fall in the next one we kind of set it up with that with him embracing him is the dark side here i feel like we have to say tantalor is a bad place because of the temptation it leads it to we also could have done something interesting with like hey the reason that you know you know, uh, Bode fell to the dark side for like a fair term is because he cared too much about his his family and his daughter. That's a interesting sort of thing, but it's like as a human, it feels wrong to say. And the lesson from this is that don't have a family, and if you do, you should be willing to to uh, sacrifice your child. It's like I get why I totally understand why Bode did it, and but I don't feel like 
I feel like they could have done something really dark or really interesting with that story, mm. but they didn't like like stick the landing there. If that makes sense, it's like yeah, we're, I, like I see, we we I don't want to kill from. Bode's you know we don't want to kill Bode because we don't want to like orphan his daughter. But then at the very end, Cal kills him in almost cold blood, and we don't feel like and I feel like that was the like we need to punish. Like Cal needs to get punished for that. And yeah, galactic I, I think Bode's story landed more for me than it might have for you. I, I think like he because he makes, read the book. No, that did not help. <laughs> he makes irrational. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he makes irrational choices, but it, like there's a reason behind it. Like his motivation is his, like, he is like his preserving daughter. his yeah. family. Yeah, um, exactly. And, but and, he's still punished for that. And like, yeah. you know, he's a, such a terrible person because he wanted to protect his family and yeah. he gets killed by our hero for it. I think I think the thing that feels less earned for me from a story's perspective is Cal's kind of transition towards the end of the story where he's like, you know, I, I understand why as a character he like makes kind of like more of a dark shift, but I don't think it is as pro- like set up as properly. Um, but I think it, it's very clearly leading itself up to a neck like a next game story to kind of really flesh out and expand on that story. So I'm willing to let them kind of. Uh, basically cook. let them cook with that yeah. um yeah <laughs> I, the, I th- the, the yeah the last thing you do in that game practically like as a gameplay thing is like uh i don't remember but like in the, you the very last piece of the boss you, like you he go gets black you down, and you go like, black yeah, just like, finish it it's, it's like, like oh he's got okay. he got embrace the dark side it's like uh i guess i got embrace the dark side do that and then it like again it's like i feel like they need to they needed to like end with like a little stinger of like cal doing something uh, like you know, having his eyes flash yellow or something like that. Like, hey, Cal's yeah. really on a bad path here. I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious where they go with the next game, but I, I'm I I really liked it overall. Exactly. Speaking of people obsessed with uh, you know, with uh objects and you know, game thing, I'm almost done with Moby Dick. I have like a chapter and a half left of Moby Dick. So if you want a non-Star Wars recommendation, Moby Dick kicks ass. It's really, okay. really good. It's really, really good. Don't let the uh, the the anti hype uh, deceive you. I'm be real with you. There's no way I'm reading Moby Dick in the next like ten years at least. But <laughs> that, you know, it will always be in the back of my mind. That's fine. That's fine. If you ever want some like act some like you know, if you want, if you ever feel like, hey, I want to be a little pretentious and read some like deep literature, Moby Dick is actually it's really easy to read and it's really and it's actually fun to read. There's actually a lot of really fun moments in there. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Interesting. Hayden, what have you been reading lately? Oh. My literacy has been in the gutter, yeah. and I blame George R. R. Martin. Yeah, I read. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I read a Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like the first book was that the first <laughs> the book? first book yes. yeah. the first book, and I watched it concurrently with season one. But oh my god, when I tell you the 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 book was almost seven hundred pages long, mm-hmm. but it's one of the books. It's like Dune. It's like the paperback of Dune, where like. There's 600 pages, but the words are also really, really, really small. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed it, but my God, did it destroy my stamina. I yeah. have not even, I've been like barely able to read like a comic book since I finished it in January. It's, that, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, like your, I got, your, mu- your, your muscles are all worn down from your marathon, you know? They are. Yeah. yeah. You carbo load. I... I've been wanting to read this book for so long, but I started Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Okay. I have okay. gotten maybe 24 pages in and have not picked it up in weeks. Um, I, 
it just it just ruined words for me. I can't mm-hmm. read words right now. So what I decided to do was I decided to start Watchmen. Um, oh. I'm two issues in. I still, again, haven't been able to pick it up for whatever reason. But I've gone Such through audiobooks. Light, <laughs> light, whimsical read. Um, but I've been into audiobooks because I go on how the kids say hot girl walks. Mm-hmm. And I have listened to Master and Apprentice, which, unpopular opinion, I think it is a wildly overrated Star Wars book. And I've just recently started Resistance Reborn. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I haven't reread it in, like, three years, maybe? It was, I think, maybe the second Star Wars book I ever read. Um, so it has a very special place in my heart. And because, I, I mean, it's the No Way Home of Star Wars. Yes. You got... Black Squadron. You got mm-hmm. Wedge and Nora for your aftermath girlies. You've got mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy trio. You have the bloodline references. I'm pretty sure there's a Princess of Alderaan reference snuggled somewhere in there. Probably. Um, I don't. I I read that before I read Princess of Alderaan. You have <laughs> you have Zay and Shriv. Zay and Shriv. Oh my god. I actually I got Battlefront two spoiled for me because mm-hmm. I hadn't finished the campaign because I thought the Jakku ending was like the end of the game. Oh, uh, you didn't play like Resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. I, I, it's, it's just such, such a good, book. and Bracca. So mm-hmm. there's a Jedi Fallen Order reference. <laughs> just one, in it's there like too. one word. It's like, oh, we're going to Bracca. I'm like, hey, okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, look, and it's, it, it, it came out like, I think three weeks before Fallen Order. So that's, yeah, it was like the right at the same time. Yeah. Um, so that's what I've been reading. It's not very much because I, I just can't read words right now. And again, it is George R.R. R. Martin's fault. Mm-hmm. Of course, you should just yeah. on the audiobooks of uh, I, I blame so, I blame so much on him on him. Um, you know, yeah. still waiting. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm very excited for you to experience Resistance Reborn, having now read Aftermath. Um, well, I've read the first book of Aftermath. Okay, well, you know, it's stuff. We count a it. Funny, funny story. I read the first book of Aftermath, and then I started reading Empire's End instead of Life Debt. Mm. So I was. <laughs> I was reading the the part where they said there was like a bombing on Chandrilla, and like oh, capital yeah. link. I was like, like oh, must have missed that. Just ch- <laughs> oh, you know, check gosh. it back in my noggin. But no, I missed an entire book. So that was this summer, and I have not picked it up again. <laughs> you know, that's it. Could be worse. The founder of our company. Uh, his first Star Wars book was oh shoot, it's Invincible. I think is the title, right, Caleb? I think I think it is, so. Yeah, it is was... the ninth book in a nine book series from Legends. That was his I first think, Star Wars book. Ninth book. I think it was like ninth of like I think it was like in a ten or eleven. I don't no, think it's like nine. Last... It, it's oh, it was it's, the last one. It's um oh god, uh, Legacy of the Force. He read yeah. the last book of the oh. nine book Legacy of the Force series, which itself kind of piggybacks off of new jedi order which is 19 books so oh my God. it's a great jumping on point it is a great jumping on point uh, uh quote michael seglane anyways um so <laughs> yeah no uh b- both having read at least one aftermath book and, and um po comics. Uh, bloodline po comics. and poe comics will really change your experience so I- i'm excited to see how you enjoy that but you know i think we've We've gone on. We've we've talked about what we're reading. We're talking about what's coming up next. But now let's talk about what came out a week and a half ago now ish, and that is Bounty Hunters forty two. The end. Um, <laughs> we've been it's been a long time coming, but this one, of course, again written by Ethan Sachs with pencils from Jethro Morales and re- the return of Palo Villanelli, the king. our king, I mean, back really? for the epilogue. Um, all the artists for it that filled in when after Paolo left were all, honestly fantastic, but you know it just it doesn't hit the same. Um, so and then the colors from Arf Prianto. Oh, I love his coloring. Yeah, a, a great. I can a, instantly tell who like if it's him. 
There's yeah. some like effect that he has. I think it's a brush he uses mm-hmm. that like shows up in all of his stuff. And if I see that, I'm like, I know it's him. And also like the the kind of color palettes he uses, I automatically know it's him and I love his coloring. Yeah. Yeah. And like when you when we get to like the switch in the issue when Paolo comes back, I was like, it took me like two panels. I'm like, uh-huh. Wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> even though I knew he was coming back, like I knew it was a thing, but I was like, uh-huh, I'm reading through I'm like this looks familiar. This is like in my mind, in my mind, Paolo and Losha or not Honga and Losha. Honga and Losha just they they look like that, you know? Like they look like they look like Paolo drew them. Mm -hmm. Um so when you see like when you see like a different artist take it's like, huh? Like did they have cosmetic surgery? Like something's wrong here. (laughs) There's there's just something about the way he draws women. Yeah. That chef's kiss like I was gonna, the, the other thing is the way he draws bosk to be honest is also fantastic that's a weird yeah. transition from women to a, a, a lizard but yeah, you know girl boss like, what do you mean like they're like Frandoshis can be female too that is true <laughs> bosk has a sister it's true it's canon um okay i was gonna see i, I like had to check because um i feel like Losha mostly got jacked after Paolo left, and I need to see if yes. Paolo drew a jacked Losha. But she I has she was she was she, she has was sleeves muscling. on. So yeah, I was gonna kinda, say she has like long sleeves on. I feel I feel like she I always like she was always like strong, but she wasn't yoked. No, nah. I looked I looked back at old issues because I was like looking for memes on. last week, and she is she is a uh, you know pointedly like a very petite okay, person, and it, it gets absolutely shredded out of her mind. What, what, is, she is gets it, shredded it, is, is, specifically. She starts shredding after she loses fur ball. After, yep, yes, she does after the pull-ups. The next two. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is, so this is a just random question, but what's is it better to be cut or is it better to be yoked? Like, which one's better? Um, I think cut is a very specific type of um of muscular. That's like when you're very <laughs> lean muscle mass. I feel like, I feel like that's like zero percent body fat or one percent yeah, body fat. While yeah, yoked just means like you have like you have seventy pounds of muscle. Yeah, on I your feel body. like yoked is just like a different connotation. Uh, I don't know if yeah. if one is necessarily more impressive than the other. I'm also like a very scrawny dude, so I can't really. <laughs> I, I am not the right person to ask this question. But anyways, having All said right. that, Caleb, what happens in this issue? What happens in this issue? Okay, we open Star Wars Bounty Hunters 42. We open in Jabba's palace where his meal is rudely postponed when Valence comes into the throne room, dispatches several guards, and demands to know about Jabba's secret battle droid. Rather than give up the goods, Boba Fett is called upon to take out Valence and deposit him on the Mos Espa race course to be destroyed, to be destroyed by the Mega Droid. Unable to dent his armor, all hope seems lost until Tonga, Losha, Forlom, and Zuxus arrive and by their combined efforts bring the droid down that even Yoda could not have beaten. I see, that's a, that's a reference there to the Yoda miniseries. Now, with Did the half clean... It's... You're, mis- it, you're, you're missing there's, out. There's some good say. stuff. Yeah, you're missing out. Stuff. It's good. Oh, okay. we'll, 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 we'll get to that but, how ties in, in a second. Exactly. But, yeah. but now, the path is clear for Luke and Leia to make a move on Solo and, and a team of bounty hunters break up and go their separate ways. And then we have, like... Honestly, like, not, I, like I'm just thinking of this right now. The ending of this comic book is like the... It's the end of a based on a true story sports movie where you see where every single character goes and it's like yes. you know like you know Bosk start you know, served in the Vietnam War and died unfortunately. Yeah, B- Billy got a <laughs> Billy got a scholarship to go play at state and you know threw for three thousand yards and 
uh, and uh, Tonga and Losha got out of the game and started a bar. And gay yeah, people it, real. It, yeah, the gay gay bounty hunters bar that we <laughs> see in Revelations is a joint venture from Tonga, Losha, and Cadelia is back. Oh my god! When I tell you, I miss that little girl so much. It's not even funny. When I saw her on the page, I had such a visceral reaction. I like, you know, the the video of the guy where he's just ascending, like up the staircase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I felt, <laughs> but like with a lot more tears. Like literally, like jumping up off of my chair seeing that little girl. But my one gripe is that we didn't see Valens and Cadelia meet up again. Uh, we yes, we didn't see them meet up again. We talked about this though. We balance is at their bar in Revelations. So Revelations takes place did, after this. We and we know Cadelia it gets a cookie stand at the bar. The so bar. therefore they her. have to meet up at some point. <sighs> it is only uh it is only logical that they that they hook up at some point and uh they get to uh Cadelia's it, it, probably just gonna bully him verbally, if yeah. we're really honest. <laughs> But I she's, can't she's think about, about to, that too she's hard. About to become or else I'll start like a, she's going to become like a real bratty teenager, like really bratty. Well, she's, I was... she's also a rich kid, so like, what is that? <laughs> it's even worse. She's the trust fund baby. She's a double trust fund baby. I was gonna do a bounty hunters reread until I realized that I would be very much not emotionally stable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I reread all of bounty hunters, and I like I can't have had to blast through the last couple episodes. I we can get in like maybe we should go ahead and get this now. Like I totally forgot that Yuria was and her uh Yura. and her husband. Yeah, were, uh, okay. We're, yeah. I guess we're going right into that too. Yura's also back. She was definitely <laughs> bombed out of existence. Well, the, by, okay, we didn't um, see it happen. We did not see it happen. Exactly, we didn't see a body. <laughs> I was so convinced that she was dead for the last like 20 plus issues of Star Wars comics. Um, <sighs> and she did not actually lose to, oh God, what the C- Commander Zala, I think that was her name, um, from uh, the, the Tarkin I, pr- no. protege. I think it's yeah, Zala. Uh, Zala. Yeah. Z-A-A- Zara. 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 Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Zara. Yeah. So that was a really good arc in Star Wars, too. Was, Sorry, that's off topic. But, but yeah. So, Star Wars is not off topic. She, she was bombed Julia. on this when she when zara found the i guess whatever other fleet this was back when that we had the code talking droid anyways she lived somehow she's with her husband they who are, also lives who also lived i don't even remember him honestly in that arc but i think it this, was there in the yeah, background i think you're yeah but this yeah, also he, if if hayden lost her mind at cadelia which i also lost my mind at cadelia uh you're coming back is was my big moment yeah. Um, especially because I randomly bought her first appearance like two days before this comic book came out. And it's like Vader, oh. Target Vader 2, right? I think it's five. Five? Oh, you're right, it may be five. I just reread Target Vader recently. I did and I love that miniseries. I wanted Valence content, but I didn't want emotional damage. So I read Target Vader. And it is just a very solid miniseries. I like how the mm-hmm. artists play with each other and how like the mm-hmm. flashbacks are in certain styles. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I, maybe I need to reread that. I feel like I've read that series like three times, but each time I, when I'm done with it, like my brain says that was okay and just like checks it off and I never remember anything about it. I liked it, but I'm bi- but I'm biased. <laughs> like, you know, it, D- Dingar's in there, but like Dingar does a big betrayal, but it's like that's the least like surprising thing. Dengar. 
also a very pathetic little man in this comic book tomato 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 like, okay like i feel like i said i just reread this the whole series and it, you know dengar showing up in the back half and getting absolutely bodied by valence is i think like the best part of his character like dengar is competent enough to be dangerous but like in like in the massive sea he's a he's a small big dog if that makes sense yes <laughs> Uh, yes, that does actually make sense. <laughs> he's a very small, big dog. <laughs> he's a chihuahua. Yeah, no, he's I mean, a chihuahua. He has in, big in, energy, but he's yes. just very small. He's I, a little I feel chihuahua, like he's, he's and like, Manru's just like petting him, being like, "Yeah, that's right. Buddy. That, that's fine, go. sweetie." You, you tell know, yourself okay. that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we did have some like great moments. To, let's actually maybe talk about the issue before we get too completely off topic here. So yes. we did, you know, Ma- you know, Manru and Dengar. We do, you know, he finally <gasps> made it up there. Uh, what else do we have here? We got uh Han and, and Valence there finally making eye Caleb, contact. I don't know if the you if you if you understand the context of when I wrote Han Valence in. <laughs> okay, listen, I don't live on Twitter like some of these co-hosts here, people. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've gotten better. I've gotten off Twitter, but I need to give you the Han Valence lore. Okay, mm-hmm. must so you? they wear. Yes. Sorry, it's said it again. <laughs> yes, I said, must you? Yeah. Oh, yes, I will. Hey, this is why I brought her on the show. Well, this is part exactly. of why. This is my Pepe Silvia GIF moment. Okay. So they were both at the uh, Imperial Naval Academy on Karita. Yes. Um, they had like a Top Gun Maverick relationship, including the homoeroticism. Okay. So after a couple of days after um, Valens gets blown up on Kulosk. Han goes to visit him in the infirmary. In the infirmary. Remember, I yes. just did the reread, and he says, yeah, yes. and he, and he, he says, thank, thank you. you, but Han is gone. He now, Batmans. Exactly. Han comes back, but then he tries not to kiss him on the mouth. Oh, no, he does kiss him on the mouth. And then so begins their little, like, secret, um, you know, this can't happen relationship in the hallways. They're shoving each other into broom closets and kissing them. And then this I, is also no. pulling from yes, <laughs> no, 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 you no, missed this is canon because it's because I said oh, I'm, okay. I'm telling I'm telling the future here. This is also bringing in material from um Bestie of the Pod, Julia's um Han Valance Vic. So that Va- Han originally thinks Valance is going to leave the navy because they t- they tell him he can't fly anymore because you know he lost his leg which we can get into a whole other conversation about disability and um the imperial war machine but anyway so valance enlists in the imperial army but han doesn't know that so they get into a fight and they break up and then the next time they see each other is in the pages of solo a star wars story adaptation number one when Han, when Valance sees Han and yells, Han, is that you? Or something like that. And then Valance, and then Han yells back and goes, Valance, is that you? Incoming. And then he gets blown up. And then from the events of Target Vader, when he gets blown up, his lime green croc gets blown up and explodes. And then that's how he becomes a cyborg. So that is the lore of Han Valance. Yes, his lime green croc, which was standard issue. I didn't know that part. (laughs) It's like, true it, because I, Ethan said it is. Well, okay. it, you know, um, uh, Tarkin was wearing uh, fuzzy slippers on the exactly. Death Star. We also need to importantly mention their like, um, you know, X's like reunite moment in like the flashbacks in the early issues of Bounty Hunters when yes. Han yes. thinks that he's getting assassinated by him. Yeah, that was a very pivotal moment in the relationship. Yeah, so. it's true. It's true. So, so they yes, have a big it, moment where they thought they had like a friendly. Well, where Han said. 
they thought they had a friendly rivalry. And then, no, Valens thought they had a friendly rivalry. And then Han thought he was trying to kill him. And then they kiss again. Mm-hmm. This is just all real, by the way. You, you guys just haven't seen the scrapped <laughs> issues. Yeah. So when, you know, when it's, it's on, it, when Valens when they, is staring at Han on the wall, that was like their the longing moment for it's between true. two of, of all the gin joints and all the bars across Tatooine you had to come into mind sort of thing exactly that you, exactly. you're getting it you're getting it okay so you see yeah. the vision the now pet by Sylvia Jif is working okay now it's not well it's yes so what you're trying to say is eventually we'll have the director's cut the director's cut yes. omnibus of this yes the director's cut the four hour long the 400 issue long director's cut of bounty hunters Caleb, with each issue being a significant moment of Han Valley's relationship from the moment they kiss no the moment they meet each other for the first time then the moment that, the moment they break up and then all of their thoughts about each other after they break up and when he gets blown up and he thinks immediately about Han so I'm just telling Caleb, you guys you might not soon. be convinced right now but I guarantee at least one of our listeners will now be a Han Valance shipper I'm just it's calling true. it right now it's true. If you like, if you like, um, um, Rooster and Hangman from Top Gun Maverick, you are a Han Valance enjoyer. They're basically just them. I haven't from seen Top that movie since I was like literally eight. Maverick's the new one that came out like two years ago. Yeah, I literally haven't seen that movie. I I've not seen a single Top Gun movie, but I, I mean, I I kind of I feel like I get it's it. It's true. I've seen enough. Um, so you just should... you just have to believe what I tell you. Oh, I do. All right, Caleb sure. might not yet, but he'll get there. Um, you, so we, you'll see the vision soon enough. We mentioned the the mega droids from Yoda. So uh, I'll Hayden a quick catch yes, up. Context, please. <laughs> yes, Yoda. The Yoda ten issue miniseries was split up. We had three three issue arcs, and then like a one kind of wrap up one. Uh, the second arc was a Clone Wars uh, story, and it actually I thought it was third pretty arc. good. Oh, third arc. Yes, yeah, you're right. Second, the second one yeah. was with Dooku. It was yes. it, like I feel like it really captured the tone and the voice of the Clone Wars show more than a lot of other like kind of parallel media has uh, right. but it is him and Anakin Yoda and Anakin go on a mission to a droid like a secret high-tech separatist droid factory and it produces mega droids which are like you know it's like kind of like the like Ant-Man missile thing where it's like it's the big thing and no one can beat it and no one can get like it's, it's invincible yeah it's just very strong droid and if those get produced and get out the world is going to end like they, they um, it's going to change decide- the tide of the war the engineers decided what happens if we made a droid but like bigger so it's also like, kind it's of like, like alliances when like they're like oh no, yeah i was got- gonna say this is basically just the plot of alliances <laughs> yes throne alliances uh but yeah so then him and Anna, uh, yoda and anakin can't beat the droid uh yoda's inside the droid and the droid takes off into space and it, they, they end up iron winning. Man it's moment? fine yeah I really yeah <laughs> yeah it's like, like iron man or ant-man like it's yeah basically the same thing and and then they actually do the whole like yo hey space is cold and deadly and you was like okay well you have to match your your spin like with <laughs> my uh ship and i'm going to fly out and you're going to catch me because you got the force yeah and somehow they're in like low orbit and yoda hops out of this droid and gets into anakin's like little like like yellow starfighter from like the mm-hmm. revenge of somehow they're both inside there i don't well, know Yoda's like tiny he's tiny but like i've seen the behind the scenes photos hayden christian's legs did not fit in that thing nor did r2 so like where does where's Yoda? like it's like you know hey you know with children you're not supposed to sit them on your lap when you're driving in the front <laughs> it's kind of like the same thing with yoda i feel like but that starfighter so anyways, i was gonna say if it's like a plane like you have to buy an extra ticket for your kid but you sit them on your lap uh, and yeah. you have to register them with the airline to make it be like, hey, I have a kid on my lap. 
I is thought it, it was going to be or, like that. Or is Yoda a service animal? Does that like, do you, <laughs> does you get to sit by your feet? Wow. <laughs> he, he is the fucked up little dog. The fucked up little dog. The, um, from Star Wars Billy's version. The, oh, yeah. the, um, the Deveronian the tail. Deveronian like, he is the fucked up little dog. Wars. Lord, where he's, where he's like barking. Why are I you bringing call it that Star Wars one. Billy's version. Okay, you yeah. know what? But, this is, this is, a, we're, we're on this topic here. We've brought back Phalanx. We've brought back Captain Redbeard from like the very first. Crimson, like, Crimson, Crimson Jack. Crimson Jack. Yes. Crimson mm-hmm. Jack. When is Billy coming back? I want him back. I want him to come back so badly. Like, Star Wars needs like a really, like, like really just like terrible messed up we can't like hondo feels like he's really like like for a television show he's like for the kids mm-hmm. sort of thing like billy i do feel like billy's a lot of his characteristics were put onto hondo and like hondo is amazing oh, yeah. but i definitely i feel like we're not getting enough hondo so now we need billy to come back and just be like the absolute like we need someone to explain exactly what spice does to you and what happens when you do all the spice together we need billy to be that point of view character for spice you know who else come, came back? Rick, um, the guy uh, R- from Rick Duel. <laughs> Rick Duel and Danny Rick the Zeveronian. I or no, the Zeveron. No, yeah, it's Zeveron. Zeltron? Zeltron. Zeltron. Thank you. I'm mixing up like three different people in my head. I love yeah. her stories in the original series so much. By that I mean the Star Wars title from 1977, and I. I just, I need her and Leia to meet up again. And you know who I need? Raul, Mark, Bob, and John, or whoever that other guy is. The four Zeltrons that like crowd around Leia. I feel like them and Billy would be a very slay addition to yeah. the roster of characters. Someday we'll comics. get there, you know. Someday. But so <laughs> back to the Megadroid. <laughs> so we have this Megadroid. Jabba apparently got it years ago. And this is also a reference to the Han and Chewbacca miniseries that Oof. or maxi series that Mark Guggenheim wrote. Because in that they are searching for an uh, Jabba wants Han to get an urn. And it's like, why do you want an urn? And because Mm -hmm. it was actually not an urn, it contained Ajax's memory core. The memory core of Ajax, yeah. up coming to the dark droids. Uh, And then Jabba's like, ah, I couldn't ever get Ajax. See, you know, editor's box, see Han Solo and Chewbacca. Uh, So we got Gertie, which was one of the... that was a nice reference. One of the droids from uh, D-Squad slash... Well, not really D-Squad. and the Dark Droids title. It was just Dark Droids. It was the... I think it might have been in the Book of Ajax, maybe, as well. It it was... Gertie was one that I think they put in the big ship that got blown up. Yes. So it's the only one that really would have survived that. So And the only one that actually had a name. Yeah, he well, yeah. no, they all had names except for except for little Peter. I they had not they had Peter. not droid names, which was a big part of their whole religion thing they had going on. So they droid. take the memory card core from Gertie, put it in the Ajax core or not Ajax core, put it in the Mega Droid, and then balance and the bounty hunter gang rip it to shreds. So good for uh, them. And that was all to lead the way so the rebels could invade Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi and free Han. Um, so basically what you're telling me is that Return of the Jedi would never have happened without if balance. If it wasn't for balance, okay. that's so true. It also it's would true. not have happened if it wasn't for Glupshido Dr. Kawada who gave Luke Skywalker <laughs> a kyber crystal uh, seven issues ago. Seven He's... issues ago. Where are, what are we doing? Half, half a year. Half a year. Anyways. I... Um, what a crazy app. Like, what a crazy issue. This was a really fun, like, there's a lot of like, things happening issues. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I, I know going into this, a lot of us were like, okay, hold on. 
is Valence going to make it out of here? Is this like, I feel like we can't wrap up the story, but like, you know, this, this last one, is it going to be like, and then finally, once he's, we're going to kick him one more time in the teeth sort of thing. They kicked yeah. him several times in the teeth. We did. I, I think I was worried for a balance, but I, I always kind of had in my mind, I was like, I like, especially after like, he was like freed of the scourge. I'm like, he's probably fine. He's uh, fine. And like then die in the very or not first balance. run. Ethan was just mean to me. Ethan was like, very in the mean. very the very first like seventy seven run where they introduced violence. He, he yes, died. He, he melted. He died, but he came back. Whatever. Well, he technically yeah. died, and then they brought him back for the Marvel anniversary issue. Uh, for it, which is it Crimson something? Yeah, yeah, one hundred eight. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's he died so we could pass on a very important lesson of you know sometimes falling yourself into boiling pit of acid is better than fighting Vader. I guess. Yeah, I was. So true. I, I was more honestly like I knew she was going to technically live. I was had been oddly scared for Losha for so long because we see mm-hmm. her in, uh, we see her in uh, was it? oh Halcyon Legacy five or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but all of, like we see old sexy gray hair Tonga and the rest of the crew Milf Tonga <laughs> Milf Tonga. But Losha is off screen. I'm like, did something happen to her? Like, is she like? Did they like Oracle her from back to like, her own she, life? Like, how, how, like how many robot limbs does she have? I'm like, is, is she doing okay? But no, she's fine. She's still jacked. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. She's still jacked when she's in her fifties. It's fine. Um, it's and she true. Has she told more me herself. Cats, more cats. So true. Uh, also, um, Rich, uh, now teenager Cadelia is on that ship. She's a brat, but you know she's hanging out with her her two uh, lesbian moms. It's great. So true. So, and yeah. let's talk about Vukora. Vukora's got have- a little Tuka cats. She, I'm so happy for her. She deserves it. Vukora's uh, had a great arc. Yeah, did like I do. I do feel like it was okay where she came from. Like I feel like now that I can't sped through and read all of the stories, I feel like there's. I don't know. I, like, I, like, I'm not sure if I need to take Vicor's character seriously or if I shouldn't take her character seriously. I feel like How when so? we first, like, when we very first introduced to her, she was like a really interesting, like, power behind the scenes, killing her way up the thing. Like, had a really dark, tragic backstory. But then I, like, I feel like her character arc was like maybe can't put on the back burner and just like she had that interesting moment where she killed like you know Losha's cat. Or um, yeah, Losha's cat, you know, felt really bad, ran away, and then like immediately threw everything away, became a bounty hunter. Like I feel like we needed. There's some interesting moments there, but I feel like we needed like a Vakora episode or just issue just to kind of get a little bit more of that transition. That I could get behind. And then like yeah. it kind of at the last very like second to last issue, she's like, "Well, we're we're cool now, right? You know, we're now like buddy buddy cop sort of thing." It's like that. I do like where that how that calf wound up i just don't uh, i feel like we need some more like connecting tissue to put us in that position yeah like i i think with vukora i I get what you're saying i she went on a very interesting arc where you know she is you know Mm -hmm. the like a very scary terrifying force of nature against valance and her friends um Mm -hmm. and goes through a lot of trauma with her upbringing and her relationship with her gang on Corellia and her father and, figure and her father figure and this interaction with uh, uh sorry Losha and the cat which she did not want to do and she has a very 
very personal connection with Tuka's that, that dates mm. back to being a kid. So I think I really like this kind of full circle moment for her and hopefully mm-hmm. kind of not so much on a path of redemption, but on a path of like self-fulfillment. Yeah. Like I think she's found a place where she is more happy in life where like she doesn't feel alienated as much. I hope like she has like that kind of like buddy, buddy moment with Tonga and Losha at the end of like issue 40 or something like that. 41. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, wh- yeah, whatever, like, whatever happens with the character going forward, it, it, hopefully we see her some more. I'm excited for what is next to be explored. Well, with I, I do have a, that is a question I want to bring up. It's like, I feel like her character arc was like pretty well done. I don't know, like this sounds like a wrong sort of thing, but I don't know how much more juice there is left to squeeze out of her character. I would be happy seeing her in the backgrounds of things, but I don't know if there's much more we can do with this character without like, I feel like she's had a good arc. I feel like she had an interesting start. We can't have tied to transformation and she's in a good place now. I feel mm-hmm. like if we bring her back in and like, it'll be kind of traumatic. Like something bad will happen. Like kind of with like Losha and Tonga here. It's like, they've had a really good strong arc. Like it's that, is it bad for me? I'm like, we don't have to pull them back anymore because anytime we have to get them back into game means that we're doing something bad to those characters. <laughs> yeah, again, Ethan's you bowling know? our friends all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that part, I understand. I uh, pitch. Here we go. Pitch. We take all of these Listening. fun characters and we bridge the story um, leading like post return of the Jedi, get them all together, get them specifically to get specifically together with, I am blanking on his name right now. The Conjure club dude. Oh, Tasu uh, Leech. Uh, uh, Tasu Leech. So and, is, and Tasu Leech is like you know he's running with Conjure Club, uh, and they're doing mm-hmm. things, and all these characters are coming in, interacting with that, and that leads us up to the Podamer comics where Conjure Club is an, another factor. So true. You got you got my the, stamp of approval. Yeah, it's like any yeah. sort of interaction I can get between Poe and Valance, you have my automatic seal of approval. And Valance. You know? It's like a flip. He goes from like just like the grays on the side, just like he's like full gray. He is he is, he, he is <laughs> Dilf Valance. I was about to say one Dilf day he Valance. wakes up and just like you know you know what? And no longer am I the model for men's touch of gray. <laughs> he is, he is the, the full stress gray. the stress of raising te- helping raise teenage Cadelia every other weekend and on every other holiday has just <laughs> robbed his mind. <laughs> All right. Now, I do oh. want to because he brought it up. I do want to say I feel like my favorite character from this like ethan Sachs did a lot of if we want to talk about the whole kind of thing which we saw a little bit more of him at the end tasu leech i think was like the mvp of this whole like run i love i, I love, love what he did because, with him like it's such like like it wasn't until like i was like most of the way through like the the series like issue 30 or something until i saw like a comment like yo i can't believe this guy dies to raftars i'm like what and yes, I looked it up like, like oh, it's the dude yeah. from Conja Club. Like, that is my favorite part of Star Wars, especially the Star Wars expanded media of when like, hey, we're going to see, to see this one like side character here who barely has two lines or even that that much. Like, we're going to expand him out so much more and have like a, such a fun backstory. And I feel like like Tasu Leech, Pondu Baba, you know, these like characters who like show up and just like randomly sort of do some things here, like like I'm so excited when the writer gets the opportunity to really flesh him out here a lot. So Tasso Leach was a great addition to this whole series. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I think agree. I appreciated his character as much until I we got to um uh panic at was panic it got to disco. Yeah, basically accretion <laughs> disco or whatever. I'm like yes. yeah. then I'm like Tasu, you messy bitch. This is like so I love good. Him. 
I, I can't help but when I read that one, and especially like when a group there, it's like we're kind of getting into like kind of a, a bounty hunters recap at this point. But I feel like there's like several moments where I feel like either like Ethan Sachs or like did a lot of like Dungeons and Dragons, and it's like you know what. You know, every party's kind of playing their own angles, and like Tosser Leech's characters just decided, I'm going to make a real messy decision here and kind of you know, screw over everyone. Like, I love that it makes sense. I love how, like, you know, terrible it got for them. It, it's just a really fun, like, uh, that was, I think, maybe my favorite, like, story arc. I know it was like two issues at max, three issues at max, but like the Panic at the Disco arc, I think, was my favorite for sure. Is there any, do we, oh, I, Okay, two. I think two things I definitely want to touch on for this okay, issue yeah, yeah. is one is the ending where Valance is reaching out for Lieutenant Hayden or former <laughs> Lieutenant Hayden because Ethan had posted this on Twitter. I don't. I think I. I think I have it pretty closely. It was like I. I always knew that I wanted this to run in this way with uh, Valance reaching out to someone, but I knew it couldn't be Yura because of just like where her character and where his characters were going, that it didn't make yeah. sense for him to like be pulling her up that way. He, he watched mm-hmm. too much Casablanca. It's like, you know, maybe not now, maybe, <laughs> but someday kid. Yeah. You'll and then he's like, I didn't know who it was, was going to be at the beginning, but then eventually we settled on Hayden. And that, I think that was just like a, I don't know. There's so much going on with Valance and him losing his memory and losing most of the memories he has of her, but her being the reason that he got them back. Like, Yeah. There, there's so much going yeah. on with that character in, in that moment um, it, that I think is a very, very, uh, if, if, again, a shockingly happy send off for the run. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a random question. I know, you know, Valance is a bounty hunter, but do you think he's still going to keep being a bounty hunter at this point? Or do you think he's retiring from bounty hunting? I mean, he's got to make the bag somehow. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Here's, uh, here's another question here. I, I can't put it in. How many bounties did they actually over these forty-two issues? How many bounties did we actually see get cashed in? Very few because he has ADHD and he kept getting distracted. Hey, technically, and, and, well, we saw like not just Valence, well, not just Barlet here, but everyone else. Like they I were a little bit distracted when they got Boba Fett in issue like thirty-five or something like that. That was a bounty. That was wasn't that a bounty that Tonga placed on Boba Fett that I, she I, specifically yes. paid the crew to go get him? Yes, um, and then. And it, but then he resolved like a maybe not formal bounty, resolved the bounty that someone had put on him. In I, a way, I, I like to because I saw I saw you put that question down earlier. I like to kind of compare it to Han and his smuggling activities because Han is a smuggler. But every time we see Han smuggling, he for some reasons like hard gold can't do it. You know, I got to dump the yeah. I got to dump the cargo load. I got to you know help this other person in need. Crimson Jack stole all my money. Like something has happened that has gotten in the way of Han, who you know has the talents and is a great guy mm-hmm. but you know I, it, he's it just too good of a guy is the problem and that's why the bounty hunter crew does not cash in as many bounties as we might expect exactly well it's also true. the other great bounty hunter show in star wars uh you know the mandalorian we see him to cash in what one bounty at the very beginning and then again he gets distracted by a little baby exactly like the young- there's another great show of cow- Cowboy Bebop showing my, my my otaku sort of nature, my thing. Same in Cowboy Bebop. They're a bunch of cowboys who are, that's their term for bounty hunters. And they, they cash in like three throughout the entire 24 episode arc, 26 <laughs> episodes. It's like, you know, it, and they're constantly complaining that they're out of money. It's like, man, maybe if you were good at your job, you would have cash. Well, granted, in this time of the galaxy, there's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Like you got 
the Crimson Dawn auction. Then you had all of the Crimson Dawn ages getting together for mm-hmm. um for Kira and Crimson Dawn. Uh-huh. And then you have the complete and total like collapse of Crimson Dawn itself. And then and you it- have this dark droids thing where apparently like all the droids are going crazy. And then pretty soon it's gonna be the end of the Empire. And Ve- Palpatine's I almost said Palpatine. Palpatine and Vader are both dead. So it's a very packed year. I was about to say, it, yeah, it, it's even, a very, well, very busy year. Maybe maybe you know Palpatine will die. We have no idea how much longer we have until Luke finally gets his green saber and like canon timeline is left in this arc you know i hope very soon uh, it is, oh it who is, said that it is based on the newsletter i read from the writer it, we still got a little minute before that mm. happens so uh because we got the because tr- we're done this last or wait we have one more issue of um the sith red crystal thing mm-hmm. coming and then we have a couple issues of the of trial Lando of time. Lando. Woo, Lando. Uh, Oh, but I'm so excited for that. It'll be good. I love Lando. Uh, I, I, um, hope, I, hope, I hope he survives. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like uh, t- anything could happen. Um, in the air. Uh, I hope he somehow becomes the general of the, of the rebellion. I don't know, but you know, hey, we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, and yeah, and then I think eventually he said he's doing some other crazy stuff for issue fifty, and then I don't know what is coming. We also have the free comic book day. There's a lot happening. Um. Remember when uh, they put out the? Uh, I posted this on Twitter recently. They posted the, or they had the revelations for 2022 variant mm-hmm. covers for all the ongoing runs. I was like, here's what's coming next for all the ongoing runs, and it had Luke's green lightsaber on it. That was like, like two. Mm, I think October of 2022 is when that so came like, out. Yo, a year, year and change. He got the crystal pretty soon after that, but. He's just We're, fighting the hot, sexy, not lady Sith now. Yeah, yeah. That, that never forget what they took from us. <laughs> um, <gasps> that was definitely oh. a goth, goth girl, Sith Lord in issue thirty-five, and suddenly it is a man, and you know somehow that's fine. men returned. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a there's a thing. Like I said, we just beat a, uh, I just beat a Jedi survivor, and like the entire like last half is like my wife was looking at me. It's like so so. How's your uh, how's your golf girlfriend doing? Does she approve of your <laughs> actions Trilla? here? Are you talking about Trilla or <laughs> uh, no? From uh, Marin. from uh, Marin, okay, Marin, yeah. yeah. It's like, like how's your how's your golf girlfriend taking this? She's she's just along <laughs> for the ride. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, uh, and okay. Another thing we should talk about is after the goodbye, we have a very nice goodbye letter from Ethan, which he also posted in a slightly extended version of on on Twitter. If you want to go hunt that down, mm-hmm. um, but it was interesting because I again I was like last week looking for meme panels to use for memes as you do as like on issue one Real. and I think it was uh, issue one ends with a letter from Mark Panizia like kind of like talking about the like beginning of the run and like you know we're so excited to bring all these bounty hunters to you and like blah blah yeah, blah and like, like wait I'm, I'm searching it up yeah so like, I, I was like Marvel Unlimited open I was like that's a very cool moment to go from like you know yeah mark panizia writing this like kind of hello letter to ethan writing a goodbye letter for now and also it Mm -hmm. does have a hashtag balance nation shout out which is essentially a hayden shout out so oh shucks (laughs) Uh, who me (laughs) Um, you don't say (laughs) uh the number one fangirl of his of his main character here maybe the the amount of people the craziest part to me is Wait, go ahead. I was just say like the amount of people I, that we we know that have gotten into this run 
specifically because of because Hayden of is, me. is it's pretty pretty crazy. I've, I've literally lost count. <laughs> um, um yeah. you know, the craziest thing to me is that I made up this. I was probably applying to Ollie of RuPaul Padres mm-hmm. um, one day, and this was back in like February 2022. So we're still like in the midst of the uh, Crimson Rain crossover. And mm-hmm. I use the hashtag Valance Nation for the very first time. And it's absolutely insane to me that a hashtag that I made up as a joke is yep. now printed in a Marvel comic. <laughs> I found it because I, I retweeted it recently. It was. December thirteenth, twenty twenty one, is the first oh mention God. of Valance Nation. Yes, and it was a reply to Ollie about it. Looks like issue seven, I think, of the run. Um, the oh, one with, so the issue when he leaves Cadelia. It's like yeah, yeah it's that, the that one with him out. and Dengar and the giant like ship. You know, you know what I'm talking uh, about the giant like UFO mm-hmm. looking ship. Yeah, you know, uh, you know what? Oh yeah, I almost I do kind of miss Valance and Dengar's like team up for those several issues. That was a great sort of thing. Like, that was a that was a fun that was a, arc. I think that was a great like arc arc and a half, however long they were together. Mm-hmm. And th- this is unfortunately a great... he was entertaining. Yeah. yeah, but this is a great transition into our kind of our our thoughts, our our memories, our our love of the run for this past forty two issues in it in in total. Now that it is, um, sadly done. Yeah, so. it is. It is kind of wild. Like I feel it, to kind of a. Uh, I really liked Bounty Hunters. Like it, it, fe- it feels like if we I look back over all the shows we've done, the Bounty Hunters got a little sideline. But we did not talk so, about that much. It was so not content, everyone read it, and not everyone read it. But it's very content mm-hmm. doing its own thing. It's like, hey, like if you just want to follow one thing, you can just follow Bounty Hunters pretty much straight through, and it doesn't. You don't have to keep up with everything. Like you know, it's a kind of self-contained story, self-contained characters that you don't have to do a lot of backstory on. Um, the art by Villanelli kicked ass the entire way through uh until he stopped it's doing true. it but again we that's you know jacob said they the, the was... people they got to fill in were did great jobs too yeah let me tell you the jethro morales interiors from 42 i i have not stopped thinking about them i like the way he draws his hair the hair mm-hmm. the way he draws his hair is actually really similar to the chemicoli variant from the war of the bounty hunters uh, like yep. when they did those portraits um sorry that was just a little note sorry i interrupted no, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's a it was a great arc. So if you want some good uh like act you know kick butt you know high action set pieces sort of things, Bounty Hunters is a great great place to go. And as I said, my favorite arc I think was probably that little mini arc of Panic at the, at the Disco. That's a very good mm-hmm. choice. I don't what know. About if you, I, Jacob? Yeah, it's like I, I think yeah. Just, uh, my favorite arc, just like while we're still on that, is probably like honestly the first. In retrospect, it was not at the time, but in retrospect, I think it's like the first six issues of like just everything yeah. that happens there with with Narcana Lash and Cadelia and meeting Yura again. And like there's so much that happens. Also, Forlom and Zuckus, who I didn't care about at the time and are now like my two little shitters that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're, they're so silly and so goofy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think like that first like. It was interesting because like at the time I'm like, wow, after we got to War of the Bounty Hunters, Bounty Hunters itself got a lot better. And I'm like, it, it didn't like I think it did, but I don't think I also gave it enough credit for what it was doing at the very beginning at the time, um, if that makes sense. So like it makes it makes a lot more sense because like, you know, all the characters that they're setting up in that first arc did come to fruition and were important. Yeah, for the rest I think of the one. big like, thing is. For- mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's like the big thing is I just don't think I had the buy-in as much at the very beginning. So like when mm-hmm. all these like very important things are happening to these characters, I didn't have a pre-existing connection with them to like have it hit as hard as it did like going back and you know re-catching up True. um when i did i don't know a year ago or so so it, it's a very meaningful comic obviously in addition to such a great story that ethan told and all the artists helped out helped flesh out um i i think a very important part of it for me was the community um obviously i, I love my utini community uh, that we have in the discord you know there's a plug um but also like the people i talk with on a regular basis like hayden on twitter um i think the community that sprouted out of bounty hunters was one of the greatest things i've seen uh it's like for me it's like 1a 1b i'm not going to say which one is which but like bounty hunters and like higher public community are like some of my favorite people mm, to interact with definitely. Uh, and it's great that they overlap a lot like a lot a lot so um mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it means a lot. I'm very excited, obviously, for what Ethan has coming next with Django Fett and whatever else what might be in the future. Yeah, what is he cooking? Uh, they're going to Canto, well, not Canto Bite, but they interact with Canto Bite. They go to Narshadah to start it off. That's pretty cool. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, RC is coming like back. Narshadow. So, like, you know, I think there's some very interesting stories to be told there. Obviously, Pala was so good that he got hired off to do main Marvel comics, which makes sense because his art bangs. Um, it's like, I feel like a proud it, mom whenever I think about that. It's about to say, it, it's my like, boy. It, it's great. It's like, you know, oh man, he got promoted, but it's also like realized he'd wait. Does that mean we're no, the, no, the stepchildren of, uh, of of the comics industry? Wait, are you saying Star Wars comics isn't AAA? Well, Darth Vader is, <laughs> but everything else is, you know. Anyways. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Um, all right but yeah all right hayden, hayden. it is time for you to this take is... your, your your podium oh little soapbox moment now mm-hmm. so i saw tiktok in about july of 2021 i i was in between graduating high school and starting college which for me i graduated high school in april and i did not start school until october so that's a six month summer break it's just how things worked out um I go to a school with a quarter system. I had a long ass summer break. Okay. And I saw TikTok about, or I saw a TikTok or Marvel posted an article or something about that, about this new like crossover that they were coming out with called War of the Bounty Hunters. Mm-hmm. And they had like the, the chemical variants all listed in the article. And I was like, oh, this actually sounds pretty cool. I might, you know, I might go and pick this up. So I was at um, a small comic book store in South Florida, Tate's Comics. If you, you know, you know. Um, but they had the War of the Bounty, Hun- War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha Director's Cut, which is mm-hmm. the the cover was that, that the they used for white? the. Yes. No, it was well, the, the the cover, cover that they was... used for the um for the Black Series or not? Oh, the Black that was series, it. That but... was it. No, the Black Series. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yep. Um, they had that leaning right... up against on like a little pedestal. I think I and... usually have it like sitting right there, but it's again I packed, so it's like in my parent my in laws' yeah. house right now. <laughs> Mm. yeah so i they just had that leaning out somewhere i was like that looks really cool i'm gonna go ahead and buy that so i bought war of the bounty hunters alpha mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes that one, the director's the one. Cut. and it has all the pencils and the inks from uh from alpha in it it's like yes. a 60 page book or something like that it's pretty thick but um i went ahead and i bought that book and war of the bounty hunters one because it had come out like maybe two weeks a month i don't remember exactly the timeline mm-hmm. But I remember at the very end of the book, there was like this spread of all of the characters from all of the ongoings, like 
coming, like running around with their little Crimson Dawn auction invites. And I saw like Valance and Dengar. And I was like, oh, those guys kind of look interesting. So you know how in the back of the book they had like the reading list of every single one? Yes. So I saw mm-hmm. they had the two um, the two series. I had already gotten Marvel Unlimited a couple of min- uh, minutes, months ago because I wanted to read the Vader comics, Vader 2020, the first two arcs, which I mean. Those kick butt. The first two are the first yeah. two arcs are good. Yeah. Yes, they are probably some of the best Star Wars comics in existence, and now they are Darth Vader twenty twenty. But anyway, well, well, tw- no, I think twenty the the, the uh, Dark Lord of Sith is a better series. But the, now we're just splitting hairs. Yes, <laughs> that's true. But yeah, it's, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of Darth Vader hairs. to choose from. It's yeah. yeah. But anyway, you're yeah. reading. But you, anyway, you've got Marvel Unlimited and yeah. there. Marvel Unlimited to read that, and I was like, oh, this like the Darth Vader series. I got the. I got the app for is like crossing over with these ones. So I went back, I read Star Wars, and then I saw these two other ones who had like really not really heard about it before. And it was Dr. Aphra and Bounty Hunters. And I had like minimally heard of Dr. Aphra because at this point, I think I had read 2015 and I knew who Mm. Dr. Aphra was, but I didn't know she had an ongoing. So I went back and I read Bounty Hunters and there was just, there was something about the art and the characters that like it, it immediately hooked me. And I went back and I reread it a couple times because um, there was the part in, I think, the fourth issue of War of the Bounty Hunters where Boba Fett, like, blows up balance. And I mm-hmm. had just, like, forgotten where he, where had they, where they had come to get to that point. So I went back and reread it and I was like, oh, shit, this may be one of my favorite comics of all time. So it was just, like, a vicious cycle of, like, standing on a soapbox, like, tweeting out to, like, the three Star Wars fans I had following me at that point and be like, hey, this series is super good. And then I started making content on TikTok about it. And then it just it just spiraled. And um, I think one of, the, one of the coolest things about, you know, just being on Twitter and TikTok and talking about bounty hunters is seeing how many people, like, I've gotten to read this series and love it and it's really weird like i i basically became as close with my partner as i did now because i wouldn't stop talking about this sexy cyborg man <laughs> um so it's it's just weird really weird to think about like i really don't know where i would be if i didn't have this series and mm-hmm. the palo's art was just so like all-encompassing and just wonderful and beautiful that it really got me to like get really, really into comics. Like I was minimally into comics before. Like I was, I read like the big, the big ones. I had read Thor for by Jason Aaron, um, and it it just really like helped me delve more into it. And going back to what you mentioned about the High Republic, the High Republic has also been a really big vehicle for getting like people into comics who aren't mm-hmm. normally into comics. And a lot of um, Bounty Hunters fans are also High Republic fans because that's really like their first induction into the medium. And they, you know, they read it and they get attached to these characters like I did. And how I pitch Bounty Hunters to people is like this. It's a hot people with really compelling character-driven stories set in Star Wars. One thing that sets Bounty Hunters apart from the other like ongoings and the other series that I've read is that it's incredibly character-focused. And mm-hmm. the general events of the galaxy seem like they're like secondary. Like, yeah, they mm. had to go to this auction for auction. Crimson Dawn, but it was still... Like, very, very character-focused. Because at this point, Valance was still super focused on getting back Han because he felt like he had to pay him back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this 
this is probably again i'm biased but my favorite comic of all time and it's just seeing it grow and seeing the community it has just over the past what like year and a half two years um I still have the very first time I interacted with Ethan. It was a tweet about Valance. Is he is he all right? Is he safe? And now here we are. And as for know, favorite, sorry, say it again. I was about to say, and now we know he is he is safe for now in the canon. For now, I think uh, my favorite arc. Pick your I favorite just, child now. Mm, can I just say the first seventeen issues? <laughs> or do I have to go super okay. specific? You know what? Because uh, I feel like so it's like just through to, the end up, of War of the Bounty Hunters, basically. Uh, up yeah. until it becomes an Imperial agent. Yeah. I still really liked that story, um, even though maybe the art of Valance was not the best and he looked like an old senior citizen. <laughs> but all of the culmination you- of his arc in 17 and how he's back with not only the person he tried to destroy like in target mm-hmm. vader he's back where he specifically like left behind mm-hmm. and left like for his own personal well-being and now he's being forced to under duress so that Cadelia and euro wouldn't so, get blown so, up so he can try to save the woman yeah. he loves and his and his his adopted child and you can't yeah. count do that like the first like what you say one to 17 is count 17. the first arc and then like you could say like his imperial service is like a, a act two of yeah. this whole thing, and then uh-huh. once he finally gets out of there, then like that last little bit is kind of act. Yeah, the three. memory part mm-hmm. is act three. So I think act one is again. I'm very very biased, but is probably some of my favorite like Star Wars storytelling, comic book mm-hmm. storytelling, like just storytelling in general. And I, ugh, I love. All of the characters are just so great and they're so unique and different. And it's just really like something, it's a very special corner of the Star Wars universe because you don't mm. really get those character driven stories like that where like stuff in the like well, going on in the galaxy doesn't really like seem super significant. Like it's still mm-hmm. tangentially um, significant to the events of the comic book, but it is still very, very character driven. Exactly. And to kind of bounce off that point, like I do love the Star Wars mainline series, but it's hard yeah. to have like. Like, all the character growth we see in that is, like, more character depth. Like, you know, we can, like, add things to, like, Leia or Luke's, like, backstory Mm -hmm. or to, like, you know, we're putting them in these places where you can see where they react. But we cannot fundamentally change or, like, manipulate Mm -hmm. their characters. Meanwhile, as I said, for bounty hunters, like, we we can do what we want with Tonga and we, we can do what we want with Valence and even more. So even though he was on the sh- screen, we can do a lot with Dingar and like, give him like a, 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 a blue, a blue girlfriend that he really, really like, he like the only thing he cares about is this blue girlfriend. And like, that's a, a fascinating thing. And you, you, we can add that to his character because he's not defined enough for like a better term, like yeah. on screen and other canons mm-hmm. so that that doesn't counter anything else. We'll see. Yeah. Excuse you. He has a lot of definition when he gets to Rothgar Ding stage. So, oh, you know, <laughs> shut up, Jacob. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think like it's just it it doesn't have the context behind it of like Star Wars, where it's like we are constantly just pushing. I mean, there's a lot of very like well written, like very well written stories in, in the main Star Wars comic, but it's oh, always absolutely. like in the back of your mind, it's like this is a story that's leading up to that movie that came out in 1983. And yeah, and- we joked about it, but we know that Lando is going to survive his trial. Yeah, we did not know when we uh, picked up episode uh, issues 40 and 41 and 42 that Valence was going to be okay. Like, yeah, they could have killed him off. 
And like, we would just have to accept that. Mm-hmm. I would and, not have. Yeah, no, <laughs> we, we, we riding, uh, outside, no, on house, you know, yeah, no, it, no, in person, we'd be writing. <laughs> uh, no, um, I, I do like, however, Hayden, I noticed that your favorite chunk of the comic book run is where Valance has a heart. And it very hard oh, cuts. Oh, that was so mean. <laughs> oh wow, you're right. Oh, gosh. Um, wow. But man, <sighs> he go- he goes through like the full like Wizard of Oz kind of experience of like no heart and then eventually no Such brain <laughs> and and he's the metal man and like wow. Ethan, man, are you are you pack- secretly a very big Wizard of Oz fan? What's going on here? <laughs> is that going to be the second? You know, the next uh, major arc is you know maybe. Maybe the, the maybe the uh, Django Fett miniseries will be him finding his courage. Maybe, maybe. so true. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, another very exciting I... thing for for all that. Yeah, yeah. Bounty hunters just will always have a special place in my heart. And, and when are unintended. we getting the omnibus? When are I, we? We need a balance omnibus. I'm. I will petition for this myself. I need Imperial Cadet, mm-hmm. Target Vader. Maybe some of the issues of him and Darth Vader and all of the issues that he's in in Bounty Hunters in one, like maybe an omnibus or two. I would buy that so fast. I would buy every single cover, like regular retailer and direct market retailer. I would spend $400 on that man. I don't like, I don't like Star Wars hearing me say that, but let's be honest. I will. That is a question. Is is Target Vader in any of the Omnis out there? Uh, No. I don't think so. An omnibus, no. It'd be a good place for it. Yes, it would. Um, I think what here's what we need to do is um, we need to rally all of the like Valance Nation people on Twitter, especially the ones that are not like super plugged in with like the rest of like comics uh, uh, broadly to mm-hmm. go bombard the uncanny Omar omnibus voting that happens like once a quarter for like what is the <laughs> most wanted thing, because then he sends that to Marvel uh, editorial. So if we can all rally and rig the vote around so a true. bounty hunters omnibus a valance omnibus okay. it can happen like, this does sound good but it sounds like a monkey's paw because what if we get that right now that means we're not getting the uh poe uh, yeah well poe po, po is like top five in voting for years now and it has never been produced so like i can i can push that out farther because we know they're just not going to do it yeah if we're being real unfortunately but bounty hunters, there's still a chance. And also the rest of Afro, what why did you do the small Afro? I still have so many questions, Marvel. That doesn't make sense. But I cannot get on that tangent again. It's every other episode. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Um but yeah. Any other final thoughts about bounty hunters? Bounty hunters large? is good. Bounty hunters it's, is good. If you've made it all it, the way through this and you haven't read bounty hunters, what are you doing? What but are also you doing? Go, go read bounty hunters. Like it it is legitimately good. If you want to know what to read after bounty hunters. Maybe High Republic, I guess. You know, that's a kind of another like yeah. palate cleanser, like new-ish sort of thing going on. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Okay, okay, that's my maybe that's my uh, just thought poll. What what's what's yours, Jacob? I think it. I think that I can't answer that question right now because I think things are going to massively change in the next calendar year. That that answer would become extremely outdated. Very quickly. Okay. Hold, well, mm-hmm. now I need to change mine. It's Afro. You need to read Doctor Afro twenty twenty. Well, if you haven't read Afro, but then you already, need to then, read you know. Vader just a little bit. Uh, I don't think you need Vader for seventeen. I, f- I feel like you can just get into, to Afro seventeen straight away, and that's There's, still okay. Go read some comics. They're all yeah. good. Um, most of them are good. And uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the recommendation I've started giving to people 
is the age of anthologies like mm. republic rebellion yeah. and resistance yeah. because they're you know they're on-screen characters and they're very like self-contained like one shots and you can kind of get a feel of like what you maybe like what you don't like um another one i've been giving people is the han solo miniseries by marjorie Liu Ooh, from so 2016 good. so good i that need her to come back issue. go ahead that's good that, i was about to say that little the five issue one about the race right yes yeah mm-hmm. yes I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to say this again. You know, my favorite Star Wars oh, issue was the uh, was the Lando was the Lando 2015 one. Mm. It was I'm saying because it's made at the same time as the the Han one and the uh, Leia one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Leia one was really good too. Um, a little underdog that I've been thinking about recently is Lando Double or Nothing, which is also by Paolo Villanelli. It is, yeah. But I really like Solo Air Lando. And it is probably one of the only stories we're probably going to get with him up until, you know, Lando comes out, of course. But whenever, it's still whenever like, it does. whatever it does, it's still really good art. I love the dynamic between L2, not L2, L3 and Lando. Um, What else? It's got a Zeltron go. in it, right? Yeah, right? it does. Yes, I think. But they don't use pheromones. So it's like, is it really a Zeltron or is it just okay, a well. humanoid? <laughs> Like you know what I I think we're gl- I'm glad we can can't get past that we're like we haven't seen the 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 falling use pheromones yeah, or anything like that it's like you know maybe maybe we don't, we need, don't need any more sexy mind control I feel like that's a, that's a that that died in the 90s thank you <laughs> yeah um yeah uh, I think those are probably my biggest um my biggest recommendations is Age of because they're on screen characters mm-hmm. with pretty self contained stories Han miniseries um lando double or nothing if you want a little bit more solo um and i mean i'm blanking right now and of course when we stop recording i'm probably gonna remember all of my other recommendations but those are my pretty like solid three i'll throw out poe dameron we've talked about it a decent amount already in this in this episode but like it is again on-screen character not too long it's like 29 issues plus like an annual or two yeah and it is more grounded like again is driven mm-hmm. around the characters like Character and it has driven. a little squad like bounty hunters i think if you are a bounty hunters fan you probably like poe dameron at least the three of us all like both of them so you know hey yeah go read that a, that's a great one i'd have give to concur an, give us an omnibus um but yeah please <laughs> um so with that a few other comic books that have come out in the past couple of weeks we had obi-wan number four which i know none of us have read <laughs> higher public number three um yes. which i think hayden you said you had not read yet i, think. I had it's just been a while okay that was I'm trying to re- i know it has we you know we get the reveal of skier well that kind of happened at the end of issue two but you get the reveal of skier and um keeve is headed into the occlusion zone so yes setting mm. it up for i feel like it's more of kind of like a yeah, transition issue to kind of get us to what is the big thing happening next so i don't know i'm excited it looks cool uh you know kevin scott Writing the High Republic again. Very exciting. And then High Republic Adventures number two. Man. That was a great issue. That Nick Brokenshire art. Yeah. Man. The coloring. The detail. That's oh so my good. god. He needs to come back. He needs to come back. I was like so like because when they because they had announced he was doing like some basically like some B-side stories in or like art for B-side stories in there. I'm like Oh, it's gonna be kind of like silly, goofy, like all the other like higher public stuff that Nick Brokenshire has done. It was not no, silly, goofy. <laughs> that man was cooking was, with his visual storytelling. It was so good. Uh, I wanna, yeah. I, I have to. This is gonna be a bold claim, but 
I think Hard Public Adventures issue two, like the the story that just came out, it might be my favorite Hard Public Adventures issue ever because of that Bro- Nick Brokenshire storytelling. I don't know if I have it number one, but I would say in top five pretty easily. Yeah. I think number uh, one of this run as well was also just fantastic, especially with like all mm-hmm. of the, oh, sto- the reveal like, and the reveal. And also I think the big thing that hit for me was like the relationship between court and zine and like mm-hmm. seeing like being able to kind of like really pick quickly pick up on everything they had been through in the year and zine learning Aloxian and court learning perfect basic and like all, like all these like very, I don't know. It, it, that hit me pretty hard. So it seems um, like we're yeah. almost setting up for a mirror of phase one where it's like, you know, secretly High Republic Adventures is uh, better than the main one. I mean, it's. I I personally enjoyed it more for phase one adventures. I don't I don't know if I like to say just better, but I, I think it at the very least you can say it's probably as outside good. of outside of like the, the hardcore fans probably slept on. I would say that since it, yeah. it is like an all ages comic. Yeah, it is definitely, a, you know, it's on a different publication and on a different, like, you know, screen size and everything. Yeah. But yeah. then the other thing we had was Thrawn Alliance's number one, the first of four, four. which is crazy for that book. Yeah. Uh, that's guess too the, short, guess but guess there's I two stories in that book. I would have at least six. Yes. Especially since like they did. Like for Thrawn. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's been it a while fun. since I've read Alliances, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it needed more than four issues, which just doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. Hey, like I'm the, just did, did, did Thrawn one the, did Thr- have five issues? Six. Oh wow. Okay, that is interesting. Yeah. Cutting it into fifty percent of the uh, screen time. It was. I, I read H-time. this one. It was fun. Um, I the biggest things from I'm excited because I also have not read this book in forever, so it's a nice way for Kami to refresh my memory mm. for it. Uh, and I'm just very excited to see what a grisk looks like after so many years yeah. of not knowing. I f- we, it's what, gonna be, was it in this issue? It was not in this issue. I thought okay. it was when they posted the uh, previews because it oh, yeah, had been so long since I read it, but it's like the, um, it's another species. They have like, they're called like long face or something weird in the comic book, uh, but or in the, in the novel. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fun. It, like it's a very good, it's a good story to adapt. So, mm. uh, but yeah. And then, in the next couple of weeks, we do have Obi Wan number five, and also Doctor Afra number forty. The last issue of Doctor Afra, another like another just a back to back emotional gut yeah. punch of, of yeah, issues. Exactly, I'm a, I'm excited. Uh, this week, this week is yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot. By the time you are listening to this episode, it will be on your store shelf right now. Um, mm-hmm. So it's yeah. Hopefully that also doesn't destroy me. But you know, hey. I, Alyssa, bestie Alyssa Wong, I, I, I feel like you probably will. So that's fine. Um, anyways, we've talked a lot about our best boy balance. Um, we will miss him greatly. Girl. Um, and if you want to hear more people talk about best boy balance, uh, Hayden has a podcast for you. What is that, Hayden? I do. Welcome to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast where we go on too many tangents and talk about balance. Um, We have been on a sort of hiatus because um, real life doesn't stop for Star Wars, which it should. But anyway, um, we have a bunch of other... We have this segment called Kessel Run Book Club where we talk about the releases that happen or like came out the week of whenever we're recording. And uh, 
I think our issue, or not our issue, our episode with Bounty Hunters 34 is one of my favorites. Is that the one where you had to get off the mic and cry? Yes. I had to physically leave. Like, I had to take my headphones off and cry. And cry off of the screen while Liv recounted the events of Bounty Hunters 34 to Emily, who was just blissfully unaware and like, oh my god, how did Hayden not die? So I we spent about 20 minutes doing that, and <laughs> that that was one of my favorites. But we also have an episode where we interview Ethan, and then we fielded some audience questions from that. And we, well, we're, hopefully by the time this episode is out, we are supposed to be having Balance Part 2, which is where we review the rest of Bounty Hunters and, um you know, just talk about balance and the character with a bunch of other besties of the pod, including Ethan. <sighs> but we get up to a lot of shenanigans, and a lot of it is us laughing because we are super funny. True. So I, I will personally I will personally vouch for them being hilarious. So thank you. Thank yeah. you. I think our Eye of Darkness episode was pro- maybe one of our funniest episodes. That episode, or those that set of episodes, and the one episode of The Mandalorian Season 3, I think it was two or three, that's called Bo-Katan Swim School, when Din is walking in the water and he just drops. That drops. was yeah. That was one of our oh funniest episodes, episodes, I think. Again, I'm a little biased, yeah. but if you like women, gay people, and Star Wars books and comics, Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast, is the podcast for you. And you can find us on all major podcatchers, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I think there's one other big one that people and use. Google, and Google Podcasts. No, sh- sh- hey, soon to be YouTube <laughs> Music is, is what they're replacing with. Um, ah, okay. But yeah. And apparently uh, YouTube Music. Um, we are streaming maybe. on all three of those. You can follow us on Twitter at Kessel Run Relay, Kessel Run Relay, and then <laughs> on TikTok, which we probably should use more, and Instagram, which we also should probably use more, at Kessel Run Relay Pod. And you can email us at Kessel Run Relay Pod at gmail.com, and our profile picture is a picture of Alden Ehrenreich on his flip phone. So you know it's us. <laughs> um, what an elevator we, pitch. Yeah. We love our listener questions. We love doing, you know, polls, trivia, um... And we love doing interviews. I personally love doing interviews because I get to write questions and ask your favorite creators about what the, what was going through their minds when they were writing Star Wars. So go ahead and listen to that. It's me, my partner Liv, and another bestie of the pod, Emily, who is the, the Rogue One girly. And it's just us being funny and talking about Star Wars. So yeah, if you like... All three of those things and all three of those people, Kessler and Relay is the podcast for you. Check it out. Very funny. I was on it again recently for Eye of Darkness. So if you, if nothing else, you know, we have a, if you like Jacob, we, we have cro- you should, fully crossed yeah. over at that point. If you like Jacob, well, I don't know. You know, there's a couple of those people <laughs> out there, but um, anyways, uh, and also uh, where can we find you specifically, Hayden? Ah, indeed. So you can find me on TikTok at taika.ytd that will probably be changing soon um i've started posting on tiktok again because i haven't been doing it the past couple years just because i've been busy but i'm back and uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at mcuytd i've been using instagram more um but i have a personal vendetta against them because they suspended my account for impersonating taika ytd 
and they didn't let me get my account back, which is wrong because I was not impersonating him. But anyway, I'm still getting a little salty. But yeah, you can find me there. Um, thank you. And um, you can also where else can you find me? Hive you, at Balance Lover sixty nine is right. Is that you thing? can find me on Hive at Balance Lover sixty nine. <laughs> i don't i cannot remember the last time i opened that app but hey you know it was, fun, it was fun for like two days yeah um, yeah it, anyways well hayden it's been a lot of fun uh i Indeed. could not wait especially when oz had to leave our other co-host i knew there was no better person to well, talk about the end of bounty hunters than you so thank oh, you, you so much so uh but My pleasure. of course yeah with that cool. said we get into this long outro script. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Cosmic Force. Uh, we encourage you to go check us out on whatever audio podcast platform you listen on. Subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, you can mm-hmm. follow us on Twitter and tweet at the show at Cosmic Force Show to stay informed about everything Star Wars comics news. You can also follow the hosts as well. I'm at Jacob Bausch. C- Caleb is at Caleb Lamanac. And Hayden is at, again, MCUYTD. For reviews, articles, and news for the rest of the wide galaxy of Star Wars content, be sure to visit utini.com. We also encourage you to join our Discord community by going to utini.com slash Discord. And you can support the show by heading to patreon.com slash utini and receive exclusive perks at just $5 a month. Special thanks you to Brian Dooley, Carl Sander, Michael Fry, Raymond Bazinski, Honor Jedi High Council, and James T. Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, Chris Carrizo, and Sally and Chris Eilerson, our Alliance High Command, for their amazing support. Thanks again to Caleb and special guest Hayden for hosting with me this week. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. We truly appreciate you. See you all in two weeks, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>